listening to Halloween Unleashed. What did you do with Marnie? She's on the cutting room floor. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the cutting room floor. I'm your host, Dylan Cloud, joined today by the Encyclopedia on Feet of Horror and Indie Masks, Brandon Jackman. How you doing, Brandon? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I can't complain. We're getting this getting this podcast off the ground today. But what we're going to do today is we're going to start our, our discussion of independent mask makers and, and what projects they have and which ones are on the uh, are on the arrival today. Depending on how long we take here, we'll get, we might do one or two episodes, but we'll Excuse me, we're going to be discussing um, Bill Blake and Matt Reed, since Matt was kind enough to you know, be my first guest on the cutting room floor, um, and he's come out with a couple of projects since that time we spoke, figured we can go ahead and cover both of their stuff. Um, how familiar are you with Bill and Matt's stuff? Um, Matthew, I'm, I'm much more familiar with his work. Um, I'm a big fan of HH Pro. Um, he's a great guy, so I've had a, I've had the pleasure of having a lot of conversations with him. Uh, Bill Blake, I, I, you you introduced me to his work because I wasn't really familiar with him, but um, you're the one that actually like started showing me some of the stuff he's been doing. Well, I actually came into contact with Bill completely off uh, on chance because you know, I, as everyone knows, and as you know, because you were the, you were the person who helped me the most when I when I got into the hobby uh, on on MMNet. You messaged me and said, "Hey." Uh, you you don't know what you're doing, more or less. You're offering three hundred bucks for a JC piece. Let me let me teach you some things. And you had pointed me towards Chris Venicamp um, to to get a Nick blank, and I had it done by Freddie Lopper. And it wasn't, you know, about eh, probably I I think if I remember correctly, October of that year, sometime around when we started Horror Forever, he had retooled it into the Dick. I was like, well, shit. Uh, you know, now he's got a matching H two. I've got to get one of these. And I wasn't aware at the time that he was, you know, going to sell it, and he had sold it. And I was like, "Hey, man, I'm ready to get a to get a get a, a mask off of you." And he's like, "Well, I sold it." I was like, "Oh, okay." And he had sold it to Bill, so I messaged him and said, "Hey, I guess you're going to be producing it. I want want to get the first, you know, copy off you when you make it." And that's how I got onto him. And of course, now he calls it the HTK, which is the Hot Tub Killer. Uh, I know you've seen my copy. What do you, What do you think of that mask in general? Well, I uh, I was very interested in Chris's sculpt when he was doing it because I knew he was doing the the Nick and the Dick set. I, I love the names, super gimmicky that I loved, and uh, so I was I was originally I was gonna get a Nick because it was I think he was selling blanks for like a hundred bucks. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll get one and you know get it finished and have it just be like uh you know maybe like a convention mask or something. But then it was a uh, it was a little too small for me because you know I've got a fat head, so. Um, I, I I knew he was doing a set, and I'd seen him like I'd seen pictures of finished copies of the Nick, um, but I never saw him actually finish one of like the the Dick copies. This feels so weird talking about this like that. But um, he finished one. Did he? Because I I never he saw one before he sold them all. He finished exactly one of them, and I don't know if he still has it or not. But yeah, he finished one. All right, you'll have to send me a picture of that because I I'd never seen the. Chris's copy of it, but the the one that Bill did to you, um, even you know I've just kind of 
started seeing his work, I don't know, probably a few months ago is when you showed it to me. And um, even in like the short time from then to now, it's just, he's, he's grown substantially um, as far as, you know, his finish work and everything. It looks, I, I, your copy of the, of the dick is great. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, he was, he was, uh, when I first messaged him, he was just finishing like nemesis blanks and, and you know, random stuff here and there. He was doing some malevolence fours, some H one here and there and he was only about six months in when he did my and i was thinking wow you're fairly new to this but you're like kicking ass at it you're doing really good and yeah like you said he's getting even even better and and i know you're feeling on blood tier h2s but i think his blood tier h2s are 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 pretty damn stellar work too yeah i mean if that's your thing absolutely you know his his are some of the best I've, i've seen around obviously not like from guys like i mean jc and stuff like that but um especially with you know the 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 big three are pretty tied up you know if you look at james and and freddie is isn't taking orders right now and jimmy's busy with the 1031 so there's really like a need for you know these people to pop up and bill is definitely turning himself into a strong contender to you know really be one of the go-to guys for for finish work yeah, I'd say he's moving up in, you know, the Roland Kelly, almost Rick Ramby, Chris Morgan areas. You know, he's not there yet, but to only to still be sub-year of, of doing this, like his age, especially his H2 work is is just unreal. The hair work he's doing is when he's still experimenting every day. He's working on a Tots H6 for me at the time of recording this, and I know you've seen pictures of it so far, and Chris has too. And again, for first attempt, it's just unreal what he's able to do. Yeah, I mean, it shows how versatile he is as an artist. The re- the reason that I love, you know, Chris's work is because he can pretty much do anything. You know, I know there's a lot of guys out there that specialize in like one thing where, you know, James Carter, he does ones, twos, you know, occasionally he'll do a four, but you know, Freddie Loper ones, two, same deal. Then, you know, you have Ben Fillets who's like, you know, he, he bangs out, you know, H two O's, so there's all these guys that specialize in kind of one area, but you know, Bill Bill's showing that he's like Chris, where he can kind of, you know, he can kind of do whatever he wants. Especially you know that being in his first age six that you showed me too, you know, you look at it, you know, where's he going to be at a year from now? And it's pretty exciting to you know to think about the possibilities because his ceiling's definitely there. And I know he's also working on a, on an H five to be a personal copy of his own. And I can't wait to see what he does with that just because, again, he's so versatile and he's and he's, you know, he's mastering everything. At, it's not really he's not trying to do everything at once, but he's definitely doing well. And um, on the topic of, of, you know, the HDK came from from the, the Nick. Where, I'm trying to remember what was the Nick before Chris had it? What did that what was the origin of that? I think the Nick was uh, a ground up. From Chris? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Chris sculpted that. Um, Damn, that's that's a ground up sculpt. I'm pretty certain because if you look at it, it doesn't have the Telltale Kirk features. Like it's got some of them, like the the really like you know, um, the you know the really prominent ones that you obviously look for. But like if you look at the subtle ones that you usually see on masks that you know came from casting real seventy five Kirks. It doesn't really have them. Um, I'm pretty certain it was a it was a ground up sculpt. Well, no, I guess that does make sense because you know it 
I guess it's technically a castle stretch mask. And, you know, we had discussed, um, we had discussed, you know, you are, or you, me have discussed, you and Chris and everyone, a lot of people discussed, you know, the castle stretch and the warlock stress being built into masks. So I guess it's technically one of those. And it's one of those that was made to be a Myers, you know, instead of one that was made to be a Kirk and then converted to a Myers. Yeah. So that, um, yeah, since, since it was strictly just an H1 mask, he, he didn't, he didn't sculpt Kirk eyes or anything into it like that. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at a picture right now and it's, it's missing a lot of the features that you look for. If you're looking at like, you know, a nightmare where, you know, it came from a, a 75 Kirk and whatnot. Um, I'm looking back through our conversation too, and yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a ground-up sculpt. And that mask is now owned by Rob Schumacher. Now he's calling it the Haddonfield Hacker. Yep, uh, Stabbing Cabin. Their their uh their catalog's grown pretty quick too. They got the HSS stuff going, and now he acquired that one. I haven't seen a finished copy of his Haddonfield Hacker though yet. Have you? Uh, I have. I have a video of it I can actually show you. It's pretty good. I've not seen... Uh, did he post it anywhere? It was like something he just sent to you? Because I didn't see anything on it. When I saw my Revenge of the Fifth, he had sent it to me as an offer as a trade, but I'd let him know, like, you know, I already have one from Freddy, so you know, I don't want to have a duplicate. But, you know, it looked pretty good. But, you know, I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of that sculpt. Yeah, I mean, definitely send me that definitely send me the video because I'm curious to see because you know he's really Rob as well has grown I know he's been around for like a few years but I feel like he's just now really putting the pedal to the metal as far as um producing like his his own stuff like buying buying molds and putting his own like catalog out there with his own names on them and whatnot so uh he's definitely someone to be looking out for right now too oh yeah absolutely he's a hell of a guy too he's uh always good to talk to damn good tattoo artist too (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard he he trades Myers work for uh, for tattoo work, which is uh, pretty. If if I lived anywhere closer to him, I'd definitely probably be super into that because I'm a big tattoo guy as well. I think he does because he had just gotten. Um, I think it was a Jason tattoo. He got something like a week or two ago, and I think he he had, he. I think that was one of those situations. That's awesome. But uh, back to Bill. So he's got the H2K. Um, and he offers, you know, clean, dirty, blood tier versions of that. But now he also has acquired the Fright Mask from Matt Reed. Um, what, are, what are the origins of the Fright Mask? Well, the Fright Mask, I believe, was a, um, came off the Medley Kirk. Um, it, was a, it was a heavily retooled uh, version of that. And I, I think it was one of Matt's first, I think it was his first attempt with the, after the Star Killer, um, as far as making his own you know, H1 mask where he retooled it and kind of put his own, you know, spin on it. Um, and we know the Fright mask is a, it's a very, it's, it's a mask with very light features, so they're not very defined. And I don't know, you know, if that's just in the process of it being retooled or what, but it's never been a very feature-heavy mask. Um, but I think that that gives it a unique edge because as we've seen recently, Bill did a, a pretty a pretty knockout H4 from it, which it works very well in that aspect because, you know, the H4 was, you know, a, a weak-looking Kirk mask with, with weak-looking features that was then painted over. So it was a very featureless face. And, you know, and I think he's been talking about, you know, doing a full-over retool, you know, to rework 
you know, maybe the eyebrows and the nose a little bit so he doesn't have to, you know, add latex to every copy he pulls. But then, you know, he could also retort to strengthen the features to make an even better H1 and H2 out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely soft on the features. And I think, you know, the hardest part for an artist is finding the balance because we've seen a lot of different copies. A lot of times, you know, artists will over-sculpt the features into it. Um, the Fright Mask is definitely soft, but it works perfect for an H4, which I, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I did not expect it when I, when I heard he was doing it. I did not expect it to be, like, good. But when I saw it, I was actually, like, taken aback. I was like, damn, that's, that's one of the top H4s I've seen in the indie scene. And I never would have even looked at it. I would never would have guessed that that was a Fright Mask. Other than um, one I've seen that, that JC had done, I, it's probably one of the best H4s that I've ever seen. I mean, I'm, I'm still a, a mark for the, uh, the AHG H4. I still think that's the best H4 in the game right now. But um, it, I would say it's absolutely in the top three for me, um, seeing the, the one that he did out of the Fright Mask. Um, in, I know he, he's offering that in an H2 and an H1 as well. And I think he's, you know, I think he's still finishes some other stuff. And he's still definitely experimenting, but yeah, that H four, all his work is just really fucking stellar. And I can't wait to see how my six comes out from him because I think that's going to be pretty good until I can, you know, it's going to hold me over until I can get something from Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I can't believe he has time to like be working on all these things. Like, I feel like every day he's got something new that he's like, oh, I'm just experimenting with this, and it's like, oh shit, that looks pretty good. Like. I'm just, I don't, I don't get how, you know, he can put that much effort in so many different things at once. Like, I feel like me, I'm like a very singularly focused person. Like I focus on one thing at a time. So it's, it's pretty interesting to see him just kind of, you know, throwing a lot at the wall and a lot of it's sticking, you know? So it's definitely, I definitely look forward to all of his posts and stuff and, uh, and seeing what he's up to next. Oh hell yeah, he's a he's a wizard, and you know he's he's trying to to do. I know he's done um he had rehauled a Tots H eight. I know he done a Resurrection that came out pretty good. I'm trying to remember if he has done an H an H two O yet. I don't think so, but I know that Resurrection came out pretty damn good. And I know he you know he's getting some advice from some people here and there. He's not out you know just soliciting it, but you know he's getting some good advice from from Chris and such. And uh. Not that he really needs it, because all of his work's coming out pretty fucking good. Yeah, I mean, you can always evolve as an artist, and that's what you got to respect. You know, you, you never want to sit back and you know, be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. You always want to constantly strive to get better. So I definitely respect that about him reaching out to, to guys that, you know, have been at the top of the game and are really putting out still some of the best work out there, um, you know, in order to just get different ideas for different ways so you can improve your craft. I think that's really important. And especially since he's so new, I think that's going to really help him in the long run. And really the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. And again, at the rate he's going, I, like you said, and I'd like to do, do a check back episode in a year from now, just to see where he's at and what other masks he may have acquired, or if he's done anything ground up as I think it's going to be an exponential growth for him. Yeah. It's kind of like you were talking about Roland Kelly before. You know, you look at his work. Um, you look at a, his work from last year, and it's it's really good. But you know, some point in the last seven months, he really took a step forward to really be mentioned in the same breath as you know Freddie Loper and James Carter and stuff. 
you know, when I saw that Nag Nightmare he did, I went out and bought one and had a, had a blank sent to him because I was blown away. Um, so if you really look at that as a template, I think Bill can showcase the same amount of growth. Oh, yeah. Him and Rolly quickly made my bucket list uh, uh, of masks, which I, I'm, I put together after you had mentioned it to me about yours. And it, it definitely it makes the goals a little more it seem more attainable when you write it all on a piece of paper. Dude, that's the best thing. I give that advice to anyone that's new because when I first started, I used to just buy everything. I'm like, ah, you know, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. Oh, I kind of want that. And I would just buy all this stuff. And then next thing I know, I'd just be sitting there and be like, man, I don't really like that. And I was just kind of like, you know, I would, I would go through these like these purges where I'd buy a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden I'd sell everything. So I, I wrote down all of my, my bucket list masks. I called my end game list. And then I just started buying those. So that way, you know, if, if obviously it's, it's interpretive because if something new comes out that raises the bar, then I can change it, you know, but it just gave me a focus and a, and a goal. Just that way I don't feel like I'm always just like, like I can have some sense of closure with the, you know, where I don't feel like I need to buy everything I see. Oh yeah. And Bill's definitely made my list. And, um, for those who want to check him out, you know, he's uh, always posting in various horror groups, but his, his uh, production company is called Devil's Reign FX. Um, you can, he has, there's a Facebook page which you can find linked on Horror Forever. Um, I believe he – I think he's taking orders on the HDK right now and, and possibly the Fright Mask. I think, um, I think the H4 option is still a work in progress. He's still fooling around with it, but uh, definitely check him out. He's a, he's a hell of an artist and a hell of a guy. Yeah, I definitely have to. I have to reach out with him because I've never really spoken to him. But I mean, his art is starting, definitely starting to speak for itself. So uh, I'm excited to see the growth that he goes through. And uh, since we're on the topic of the fright mask and Matt Reed, let's go ahead and cover him. Um, so everyone knows who he was doing the fright mask for a long time, and he's still been doing the Vincent H4. Um, but he's definitely had some new projects coming out recently. He. Um, after selling the fright mask, he he had done the, the DP seventy five, which if I, I'm correct, if I'm saying that it came from a a, a life cast of the, of the Kirk, right? Yep. So he he put that out, and I got the protocopy of it, and I, th- I think he's finishing up his first run of orders on that one. Uh, what did you think of the DP? Because I know I think he had sent you a large copy to try on. Yeah, so he sent me a copy to try on because you know I was thinking about buying it, and also he kind of wanted to get a better idea of what the actual size is. Um, so he sent me a copy to try on. It fit. Um, I think it was a little smaller than anticipated, but I think the, the sculpt is, is pretty strong and it's from what I've seen the reception, it's been really popular among like, um, you know, people that aren't, you know, looking to spend seven, $800 on an H one. It seems like it's a, a extremely popular option from what I've seen from people on Instagram and stuff like that. I know we did the, I'm a mod in the the Halloween market group and Matt was, you know, gracious enough to, to donate a DP 75, um, as a giveaway for our group, uh, reaching a thousand, um, followers and stuff. So we, uh, you know, people were going nuts. We were getting so much traction over it. We got, we, you know, we maxed out our entries and I think it really, um, excited, uh, a large section of the of the you know the hobby. I would agree because you know you know there, I think for a long time the market's been kind of dominated 
by, you know, tots and nag, tots and nag. That's all you ever see. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, everyone likes what they likes, but sometimes you don't have 300 bucks for a blank and then another 200 bucks for a conversion and then X amount of months or even years for wait time. So I think Matt putting out that DP, which for everyone, the DP is not Don Post, it's the Death Prowler. He named it the DP 75, the Death Prowler 75 to pay homage to the Don Post 75 Kirk. But um, I think him being out there with that option, because he's only charging, I think, like 250 or 300 for it for a complete mask. And it's it's really good. And you know, I think it comes in two sizes. And I know when he had first done the big proto, you and me both had said it looks very much like the like the phone scene. Yeah, it uh, it definitely has that that you know not quite a you know a, a, an overabundant castle stretch, but it's got that kind of look to it, especially the shimmer as well. I feel like in the finish, um, that really I feel like embodies what the phone scene really looked like. And I know uh, he had put out pictures of one. He had um he had done H two style, and I thought it looked absolutely amazing. Maybe even better than it does as an H one. Yeah, I mean the the H two, it's it's a very versatile sculpt. Um, it seems like he's able to do a lot with it. I, and the thing that I always love about Matt is he'll put out every different type of finish on it, you know, so people can kind of get an idea of exactly what they want. Um, with the H two, I definitely I, I think I prefer it as an H two sculpt because it has that, you know, almost like that stretched out look. Um, so when you just kind of you know tweak the eye cuts and stuff, I think it really shines as an H two. And I think he does offer a Kirk option as well. I have not seen the Kirk option, actually. I'm trying to remember. Is he that? I think so. I'm trying to remember if he had actually uh, done a promo copy of that and posted it up. I, he may not have done one yet because I think everyone... Because if I remember correctly, when I got the Proto, he had also promised two other people he was going to do three promo copies an H1, H2, and a Kirk. And he, and I, I got the pick of, and I picked the H1. But I don't know if he ever got around to doing a Kirk because people loved it as an H1 so much that they, um, that they had went just everyone, all of them ended up being H1 orders. I mean, I, I, I know he was doing them in runs of 10. And from what I saw, I think they sold out, right? Oh, yeah. They sold out almost instantly. He said, like, within like a, if not a day or so like all spots were gone yeah because i know when um you know i shared it on my instagram um we shared it on the halloween market instagram and it was some of the most likes we were getting at the time and um i i think i saw a few days later he said he sold out so i mean it definitely shows the the draw power of the of the dp75 i think it's one of those game changing masks because you know like you said, you know, we got the big names out there. You got your Lopers, your Falcos, your Carters, and, you know, and they're the best. And you're going to have adequate price and wait time for that. But then you have guys like Matt, Roland, who, or, and Chris just put out the Silent Stalker. So all these fantastic alternatives that are, like, almost as good that you don't have to wait. And, like, you know, they're all genuinely great human beings. You know, Matt is probably the, the nicest person you'll ever meet in your entire life. Oh, yeah, he's a great dude. Um. Also, recently, speaking of Chris Morgan, um, Matt had acquired the UL-75 from Chris. I was excited to hear that Matt got it because I knew he planned on, on doing a retool of it, right? Yeah, he's he's doing um, two retools, actually. He's doing one H1, one H2, and he, from what he had said to me, wasn't going for 100% screen accuracy, but was going to enhance the features of each one 
to um, kind of highlight one movie or the other. And, you know, the UL is already a great sculpt from from the start. Yeah. I mean, I from what I saw from, you know, I, I think I saw some pictures of like, you know, he had it in clay and was just it, it's still in progress. It looks really strong. Like, I agree that it, it doesn't go for screen accuracy, but not every mask has to. You know, there's there's a million masks out there that are pretty screen accurate, you know. So it's it's good to see something different every once in a while. And, I mean, look how popular masks like The Butcher are, stuff like that, where, you know, obviously that looks nothing like anything that's ever been on screen. But, you know, if you kind of do your own thing with it and just put out something that looks like a badass Myers or something that would – be sick if it wasn't a movie it's going to be just as popular as if you put out something that you know is pretty close because we have a million things that are pretty close you know because i know um you know in any artist to tell you this you can beat yourself over the head trying to make something 100 percent screen accurate and i think sometimes if you just don't go in with that intention um just because you know you'll drive yourself nuts then you can put out something badass without the stress of thinking, oh, God, this little detail isn't uh, isn't perfect. And actually, Chris is messaging me. He's saying that the UL comes from an enlarged Sean Clark small. Okay, so the UL 75 is from from the Sean Clark, which Sean Clark owned one. There's no pictures of it that ever existed, but um, I didn't know it came from that one. Yeah, that's that's one of the the – you know, the Kirk mask that is, that is more kind of mysterious. You know, everyone knows about the Kirkus and the, you know, um, the medley Kirk, but the, the Sean Clark one's the, the obscure one. Oh yeah. we can cover this on, uh, I'm sure y'all covered this on, but like, like the Billy Kirkus is kind of the mask that started it all. Right. That's the one that was used for, you know, the, the nightmare, which, you know, has been passed around more than a cheap hooker. Um, as far as that sculpt and then the retools off that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's from, I would say that's the one that's birthed the, the most mass that we, you know, we see prominent over the years. Um, the, uh, the 98 proto. So the, the Kirk master mold, the 98 proto is where most of the nag masks came from though, is like the, like the 98 proto, the, the 75 K's all came from the, you know, that Kirk master mold. Um, but like the the nag nightmare UL and stuff that all came from the Kirkus as well. well I was wondering, you know, there were probably other seventy five Ks out in existence, and there still are now. So I always wondered, you know, why don't the people who have those just, you know, re sculpt it and just put out something kind of like Jimmy did? See, but when you, you know, if I had a seventy five Kirk, I certainly wouldn't be, you know, handing it out to get recast because you really risk damaging it in that situation. And, you know, if you find a a 75 K that's in good shape right now, 75 Kirk, that thing's worth a lot of money. So I sure as hell wouldn't be, you know, having to take the hair off and stuff like that and mess with it. Cause then you're just going to kill the damage of the mat, the value of the mask, you know, maybe, maybe let it get laser scanned, but I definitely wouldn't be letting anyone cast it. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not sure what Jimmy did, but, um, Jimmy had a copy that um, that had been passed around. It 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 had been cut with for for Meyer's eyes, and it doesn't have hair, so he didn't really have to you know he didn't have to tamper with it to to you know make it castable. So um, what he did was he sent it to to Nikos, and Nikos you know 
he enlarged it and he sculpted Kirk eyes into it so that he could make a Kirk out of it. Ah, uh, okay, I got you. But yeah, I can't wait to see what Matt does with it because you know I love his work. Um, as you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of all his stuff. I've got uh, uh, I'm gonna get the first copy of the five that he's putting out soon, which I guess will be our next topic of discussion. I think he's he's actually molding his new H five sometime this week, next week, sometime this month. I know you've seen the the mold, the clay mold of it. What do you think so far about it? I think it's it's really strong. I mean, there's certainly a place in the market for it. Um, I know when me and Chris did our H four episode, we kind of talked about you know the reason why there isn't a ton of options because it's you know they're not the most popular masks, especially H five. Um, I feel like it's definitely one of the least popular masks in the hobby in, in the franchise. Um, but I think it looks, I think it looks really good. I mean, especially for being, you know, ground up. Uh, I think he did a really good job. He, he captured that, you know, that angry look that I feel like the H5 really, you know, has going for it. And, um, I can't wait to see it in latex. I haven't heard any updates in it about it for a while though. So I'm excited to hear that it's, it's almost ready to go. Cause you know, that's one of my, you know, I've talked to you on length about this, how I haven't yet to see really an H5 in the hobby that's captured me. Like, you know, like the Revenge of the Fifth is probably one of the more popular, and it looks great from the side, but from the front, I don't think it looks quite angry enough. And I think the problem of, like, like a COTS or, like, a, a QOTS or, like, any other ones, they look too angry sometimes, and the face looks too scrunched up. I don't know if you've seen Alexandra Kostava. I can't pronounce her name, or I'm butchering it, but she's the one with, like, H5 masks. Yeah, she's she's got, I think, just about every five that's ever been made. And I looked at it today, and I looked at all the ones she has, and the only one that captured my attention was the, the production mold one she has in the center, and it looks just like the hero. Yeah, well, I mean, it was made for the film, so as it should, but, I mean, there's copies that come from, you know, that have lineage to those screen-used molds, and even those don't do it for you. <laughs> They don't. There's just something about it, and I can't because you know, like even if I look at the one that Don Shanks still has today that he used in the film, like it, it looks. And of course, it's it's deteriorated to shit, but like I just don't see any. Well, the the problem with that one was it, it was it was in really bad shape, and then he had it restored. So Tom Spina actually repaired the mask. So obviously, when you do that, it, it, you know it's going to change the look of it. But it was better than the the rotting mess that it kind of turned into. But but when I look at Matt's, I'm thinking this is this is going to be an H5 that I that will finally satisfy my needs. See, well that that speaks to the hobby, you know. Every everyone has different tastes. Obviously, some people, you know, want one look. Well, some people want the other. So it's really about what speaks to you. I mean, I'm. It's hard for me to comment on that without having seen it in latex because you know. I think there's been a, a long history of masks that, you know, the sculpt looked great. Um, but when, when it, it didn't quite transfer to latex, I have full faith in Matt to do it, but I don't think I, I I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say it's, you know, a top H five yet until I see it, you know, a finished copy. And another reason I like it, I think it's just cause I know Matt personally and, you know, you hear all these horror stories all the time. About, you know, oh, I put it in order, you know, he said it'd take two months, and it's been seven months, and I haven't heard from him, and you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Matt's not going to do that, so he's not going to jerk you around. And that's, I think, he was smart with the DP and only taking, I'm going to do ten of these at a time. And then when I'm available again, I'll do another run of ten of them, and so on and so forth. I think he, he's definitely not letting himself get overwhelmed with, with 
copious amounts of orders that's going to come when you're as talented as he is. I mean, that's, that's realistically, I think how it should be done. Um, I know a few artists, I know Chris is one of them are, are kind of shifting to just finishing masks and then selling them so that you don't kind of let yourself get behind. Cause I mean, I've been on, you know, a million lists where, you know, I, I put a deposit on a mask or I paid for a mask and here I am a year later still waiting for said mask and, you know, kind of searching for updates. But, you know, Matt is just top notch customer service. So, you know, he's smart to not let himself get overwhelmed and it really allows him to put as much quality into each piece as, as he can. And I think that's what's really going to stand out and really help him make a bigger name for himself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, for those who didn't see the video interview I did with Matt, you know, he's got a big, not, not a big, but he's got a personal workshop space that he uses, and he's got a neat little setup where, you know, he, he has each mask on. Yeah, I think, you know, and Matt's, you know, I, of course, it's coming from me being the, the youngest motherfucker in the hobby, but Matt's, you know, he's a young guy. He's probably about the same age as you, and he's definitely learned a lot from some of the other more experienced guys about. I, I, he's definitely not going to let himself, you know, get burnt out in this, you know, he's, He's doing it when he wants to, when he can, but he's doing it in a way that's not going to drive him up the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's smart because once you, if you burn yourself out, you, you know, you're not going to be putting out great work because if your heart's not in it, you're not going to, you know, put out your best stuff. So it's good to see him always finding ways to keep things fresh because he's always, he's always working on something new and he's always, you know, finding different ways to tweak things and finish things. And I think that's, honestly my favorite part about you know hh pro is because you know there's always just something new going on he's always got those creative juices going so it's always you know interesting to see what he's working on next because you know i can't even guess what he's working on you know the next day because he's always got new ideas going and of course you know man i've always loved his h4 work as many else have he's done the vincent drug h4 he's done the v4 and he recently retooled it so now he's got uh, the VR, the V4R, I think he's calling it, which is his retooled one. And I've seen some pictures of it. And I'm loving the direction that it's going in. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I think I saw a picture of it in clay. And um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, he's, he's a perfectionist. So he's kind of, you know, trying to tweak things until he gets it exactly right. And, you know, I know a lot of times people like that have a hard time getting to that point where, you know, they, they finally like, all right, this is it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the first versions of it to where it's at now, it's, I think it's definitely come a long way. And, um, I think it's really gonna shine as far as, um, you know, an NDH4 goes, cause there's really not a ton of options out there right now. There's not you pretty much, you know, of course now Tots has come out with their new H4 and 5, so we'll see how that goes. Seen plenty of those already. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's becoming all right. Uh-huh. Going to be age forty, but now they've released four masks in a year, so we'll definitely uh, get started. Uh, we'll see every single copy of that mask that ever comes through fucking Trick or Treat Studios. <laughs> <laughs> but um, definitely because you know you know there's the malevolence and there's you know the nags and there's you know some here and there. But you know, again, that's one. This one word, none of them really do it for me. But you know, Matt's definitely um, he does it for me. I can't wait to see it finished, and I I can't give out too much detail, but him. Me and then uh, Jim Beeman are coming out with a kind of a package option to be released when he finally gets that done. Um, everyone knows uh, Jim makes some awesome stands, so he's doing some custom stands for the project. 
and I'm adding a little a little piece on to it to have that little cutting room floor signature on it. Um, but if you want to check out Matt, um, House of Horror Productions is his. Um, he's got a website. I believe he's got a Facebook page. You can see him in, in most of the Facebook groups. He is an admin with you and me in Horror Forever. Um, he's always posting. He's always active. He's, he's pretty good about response time if you ever message him about anything. And all of his work is just all around badass. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were saying that with the with the masks, they're really, you know, HG's not even selling H4s. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the Hunger Games if you want to get one off eBay. But other than that, yeah, you really have Nag, and that's pretty much it. I mean, there's the SP and whatnot, um, the Crow Fader masks that you can score blanks from occasionally. But I'm definitely excited to hear more about this package you guys are doing. I think that could really be... A, a game-changing thing in the hobby as far as the H4 goes. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely a niche thing going on. Um, I think that's pretty much it um, as far as today. I think um, this was a pretty good first episode. How do you feel about it so far? Uh, I think I think it was great. You know, it's it's always good chatting with you, so I, I think this might be the first time we've ever actually talked, like, in, in per- like voice-to-voice. Oh, yeah, it is, because, uh, you know, like I said before, I got into this hobby about a year and a half ago, and, and you uh, have helped me um, helped me tremendously since then, which is why you were on the top of my list when I, when I started Horror Forever to have you come on, and that's one reason I have Matt on there, is he's just a good, genuine human being, um, and I really appreciate all the help you've given me, I appreciate you coming on to co-host this with me, and definitely look forward to the future episodes that we do. Ah, I can't wait, and I'm... I mean, you're you're one of the most genuine people I've ever met in the hobby, and you're kind of what keeps me invested in this hobby because I kind of get bored sometimes of things pretty quick. But it's like I, I was telling Chris, it's the camaraderie that really, you know, it it, it keeps the staying power for me, and uh, it's awesome to see you know <laughs> where you've come because I saw you when you first came into the hobby, you know, green as a fucking <laughs> a, a unripe banana, and to watch you grow into you know really knowledgeable and stuff like this and passionate about it and uh you know i'm glad i was able to play a small part in that you know you love these movies your whole life and you're like oh there's a whole thing where you can get good quality masks and you're just trying to get a basic understanding of it and it can be very overwhelming at first especially when people are just being dicks to you when you come in yeah it's it's you know when i I remember when i first got started and it's just so much it's it's a lot a lot of you know, you you're like, what the hell is the difference between these masks? And it's like, oh, there's a huge difference. But, you know, you just don't know. So, you know, I know I wish I had someone that kind of took me under my wing, uh, under their wing or whatever. But, you know, I just kind of had to do all the research on my own and kind of figure it out over the years. But um, that's why I love to, you know, help the new people because I love talking masks. So, you know, it, it's also exciting to see people that are just getting into it and are super excited as well. It keeps me you know, I feel like young in the hobby. So, uh, you know, it's just, I just feel like it's, it's the right thing to do. So I would never criticize someone for being new or not knowing what they're talking about. That's why I'll, I'll shoot them PM. But like, Hey, do you have any questions? Just let me know. Like I have no problem. It's, it's not a bother at all. Well, I definitely appreciate all you, you've done and continue to do. Um, you guys can check Brandon out here on the, on, on the podcast. You can also check him out on the Halloween market where he is a moderator. At Horn Forever, where uh, he is one of the admins with me. Um, you can check me out on my Instagram at the Cutting Room Floor DC or the Horror Forever page. Um, the Cutting Room Floor has a the Instagram also has a Facebook page linked to it, um, and I 
want to throw another shout out to Chris Morgan for, for giving me the opportunity to do this show and for always having me and Brandon on. And uh, I have t-shirts that are, are the introduction right now to, to be coming out for both the show and the Facebook group. So be on the lookout for those. But until then, um, this has been. The, we're going to leave it here, like old school film. We're going to leave it here on the cutting room floor. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed.